if you're going to be a showrunner, a.k.a. a promoter, a.k.a. a booker, but you also aspire to do comedy, if you find out that doing both splits your talent because you can't focus on two things at the same time, don't do both. Be good at both of them or don't do either of them. Welcome to Comedy Babble, the podcast that tells you what not to do in the world of stand-up comedy. Yes, this is sort of a negative-focused group. And that's why these episodes are only 15, 20 minutes long, because you can only take so much negativity for so long, but it just had to be done. And I was the guy to do it. My guest today is the talented Sam Reedley. This guy has had an immense career, and I am just so stoked to have him on the show to share his wisdom with you. And boy, he brings up a topic that hits home for me. And with all that said and done, you know what's next. It's time to babble. I'm with Sam Ridley. Yay. Could you please tell us some of your accomplishments? What's your career? I've done shows from coast to coast. Um, been in a couple movies, a couple TV shows. Um, one of my claims to fame is I was an extra in Man of Steel. Woo! Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. I uh, saw that. Yeah, uh, see, and I was there. I was there somewhere. In the movie theater or in the movie? Like in the movie. Like I'm, That's I'm, amazing. Uh, but yeah, and, and I know that this, that's such a dumb thing to brag about. Um, no way, man. That's but no, cool. like, yeah, I've done, I've done a few of, I've had my L.A. fun, I'll, I'll say. Um, and it's it's been a ride. It's been a ride. But now I just want to kind of do the comedy thing. I think I'm enjoying myself there more than anything. How long? This I'm going on year 10. That's amazing, dude. I'm going on a decade. So... I love to break down what bugs us most about the scene because I see a lot of podcasts about what to do. I want to see one that's what not to do, and we just take a mm. few subjects each episode and we just break it down a little bit. Um, and we find exceptions. You know, we kind of come up with like rules, but there's always exceptions to the rules. You know, there's open mics and then there's shows. You know, there's yeah. promoters and then there's artists. It, it's like, what's your perception? So there's the exceptions to the perception. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm the host. I want to start off with m what bothers me. The thing that bugs me most is don't dress funny. Mm. Don't dress funny. It gets you in a pocket. You ever realize that? You ever seen an act that, you know, some guy in your local scene who shows up to every show dressed a certain way? Yeah. And um, you're like, why do you dress like that? And then you realize they have one joke about like, yeah, I know I look like blank. Um, and, and it's like, are you going to dress like that for the rest of your career? For one joke? For one joke. I, I'm going to use myself for an example on this one, right? When I started, um, for me, I, I always wore Kango. And it was like an open, like a t-shirt, a, a white t-shirt, black t-shirt, didn't matter. And then an open, like maybe a plaid shirt. Like that was like my signature sort of look. And it got to the point where I didn't even feel right performing if I didn't have one on. Like I... I think I forgot it one time in the decade I was doing. Well, I'd say the first eight years. And I almost didn't want to go up because I just didn't feel like I was me if I wasn't dressed the way I always dressed. Like my material was going to be different. Like it was in the hat or something. You know, it, it was weird. Like it was a sorting hat and it was telling me what to say or some shit. And that's just not the case. And then um, after a while, I was just like, I'm going to just go. I'm going to just go. I'm going to just go. And... And, you know, I didn't need those crutches 
so to speak. And um, it happened before eight years that I stopped just being like, I have to have my Kango, man. And I still wear it every now and then if I feel <laughs> like it. But it's now if I feel like it. And and but it also wasn't that loud thing that you're talking about. Like where, you know, you see somebody come with like a hat with a spinning thing on it. Well, what's interesting is I brought up someone wearing a, a particular wardrobe so they have one joke about it. What you're talking about is just vibes, man. That was just your stage well, vibe. It was my vibe, but it was still a crutch. And I think that people what I'm saying is people that do that, the the bright thing because hey, you don't I know I'm dressed like it's the same thing. It's a crutch. Oh, so you did have those jokes. I know I'm no, I dressed like this. I, I didn't have that. But what I had was a mental crutch of I have to do this physically to do this verbally. And it's just as dumb. <laughs> I love that side of the argument because I'm like, don't corner yourself into your wardrobe. And you're saying, yeah, don't do it because it becomes a crutch. And once you take it away, you feel less funny. All of it is a limitation. And for us to get on stage and basically be an exposed nerve to a group of strangers, like we have to be vulnerable. So I felt like I had to have that hat as like kind of a, you know, when you was a kid and you'd like see a kid carrying around like a blanket or a doll baby. Like it was like, why do I need this hat? So you've been doing it 10 years. When did you realize I got to drop this look? It actually took me getting representation. I love the fact that you're like, until someone told me don't do that, I just stopped doing it. And she was so nice about it. <laughs> Sorry. She liked the look, but she wanted to tweak the look. She was like, this is what people see when they see you on stage. In all your social media, this is what they see. But she was like, you don't have to have the open shirt plaid thing. Like, you could dress down, you could dress up, depending on the venue. And um, we went shopping. You know, like we, we went to the mall. And we did like that whole thing. And then she was like, we're going to get you some photo shoots done. Which and store in the mall? Which store? Um, Where you, was it? Oh, we ended Pennies? up in like Express. No, no. Express. Oh, ex uh, Forever yeah. 21. We, yeah, we, yeah, you know. <laughs> little, little baby <laughs> gap. Little baby gap. Um, we, we, we went into Hot Topic, but we didn't get out of this. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it really was. Um, uh, my, my amazing publicist at the time, we're still friends. Um, she was like, we got to get you to the point that you just feel like you. Your representation told you to dress like you, and that's what we're talking about. Just dress like you. Whatever essence you want on stage, yeah, do that, but just don't pocket yourself with this wardrobe for one joke. This is the thing. Young comics, if you know, you're listening and trying to soak up some game, um, it's either going to work amazingly or it's not going to work at all. And that's like putting all your money on on red on the roulette table. Kevin Hart was on Def Jam back in the day. And and of course, I'm talking And if for those of you that don't know when we say Def Jam, I'm not talking about the record label. I'm talking about Def Comedy Jam on HBO back in what, the 90s. So he talked about it when they did the Def Jam reunion. Kevin Hart decided he was going to go up there in like a bright. It was like either a lemon or neon shirt. And he thought, I'm a standout. And he talks about how dumb that was. Think about where he is now. And what did it take? Him just being himself. And, you know, because when you hear Kevin Hart, like, you know, you immediately kind of think of something he said or a way he said it. You know, he's got his little, all right, all right, all right. Or if you watch his movies. He's going to learn today. Right. His whole, you know, you don't go into water with a backpack on. Like, I think of the lines that I've heard him say. And then after, like, seeing him live, He's just who he is. Like, he's just being himself. That Kevin ain't this Kevin. 
So you got to find your thing. And it ain't going to be your shirt that gets you discovered. Like, it just ain't. <laughs> it ain't. That is such a good point. It ain't your shirt that's going to get you discovered. It's your material. Mm-hmm. It's it's being you on stage. And that's what stand-up's all about. Fantastic. I felt good about that. That was a good talk, man. So uh, move on over to Sam Ridley's big bother in the comedy field, something that he wants to tell younger comics what to avoid that makes you look bad. You know, don't do this. What, what, what is your thing, Sam? I'm so excited. If you're new in comedy um, or you're just trying to get your hustle on, I respect all of it. If you're going to be a showrunner, a.k.a. a promoter, a.k.a. a booker, but you also aspire to do comedy, and maybe it happened the other way around. You started doing comedy and you're like, I want my own room because it's a great way to network. If you find out that doing both splits, if it splits your talent because you can't focus on two things at the same time, don't do both. Be good at both of them or don't do either of them. Here's what I mean by that. It's so much work you're talking about. It, it is. It, and, and this happens when, if you're just starting out doing comedy, you end up ending up on these shows called bringer shows. Anybody trying to do comedy knows what I'm talking about. Now you're focused on getting 10 people that already know you out to your show. So what are you not focused on? This material you're going to do when these 10 people come out to see you do your show. So if you're booking, switch gears, you're booking and you're doing your comedy, you're so focused on getting people out to the show in a much larger scale that you're not funny anymore. It's all about not losing focus on the material. You know, that, that really comes first. I mean, it's great having your friends out there to support an audience. That's what I'm basically saying. You know, comedy is not comedy without an audience. Um, those bringer shows are hell. You know, you're talking about L.A., right? I mean, L.A., are mostly the bringer shows, you know. They happen in other rooms, but mainly like places like L.A. where there's so much entertainment. I totally agree with you. I feel like there's two types of uh, comedians. There's the ones that focus on the material and the ones that focus on promotions and shows. And they're both amazing qualities. You have to kind of choose, but you're talking about if you can't do both, don't do it. Because the audience is going to know, and that's the problem. Like, you don't want to be that booker that the audience knows, of course they're hosting the show again, and they hate it every time you're touching the microphone. You want them to enjoy the product you put out, and you got to take your ego out of it and go, Maybe I don't need to be on the microphone. Maybe on this one, I need to just step aside, produce it, and not talk to anybody. They just need to see me and know I shut the fuck up and that I put on a show for them that they enjoyed. And that's enough. And they'll be back. But who are you to tell someone else how to run their show? I am absolutely nobody. But, but you know then what? again, I've seen what works. They're exactly. You've seen what works. And what works is not putting yourself in front of a good show. Don't bear your lead with your own ego. Like, you can have a great show and put yourself in at the feature spot. Okay. And you don't deserve to be there. You have to be able, like, I've, I've done this. You have to be able to look at a lineup and go, yes, it's mine. But do I need to eat up 30 minutes just because it's mine? Sometimes less is more. If let's say you're ho- if you're hosting because it's your room, those people that are going to come see you, they're going to see you every single show you do. Let's say you do a biweekly show. They're going to see you twice a month. They can see you for five minutes and miss you 
or they can see you for 30 minutes and not want to see you again for another month. Why don't you go up there, get them a little taste of what you can do and then let your lineup just rock it out. And now you seem like you did 30 minutes because you're up there every five minutes bringing up or, you know, you're bringing up other comics. Let your audience miss you a little bit. Maybe you're oversaturating yourself and that's why people don't want to fuck with you. Great lessons for uh, these booker slash comedians, which we really should say comedians slash bookers mm. because we're saying don't forget work on the material. Don't forget why we're here. Remember, <laughs> you bring those people. You want to impress those people. You know, see, that's why when you first started, I went, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Booking and writing. It's a whole lot of work. If you're doing it right. Oh, if you're doing it right. It's a lot of work. A lot of uh, persistence. Waking up early, writing. <laughs> <laughs> Shit like that. You know, that's what the worst. So, Sam Ridley, I definitely want to uh, end this podcast by giving the audience a little sound of your comedy. Right now, we're just going to play a track. All right, cool, cool. Thanks, man. Let, let's let them hear it. Let it roll. I don't know how any of us even got born. You know what I'm saying? Our parents, grandparents, they have some ugly names, y'all. Like, I don't even know how they stayed turned on in the bed screaming an ugly name for an hour. You know what I'm saying? Like, this feels so good, Gwendolyn. Like, that don't even roll off the tongue. Hey, and it won't know better for the lady. She got to go, oh, I'm glad you like it, Thurman. Like, Thurman? Like, Thurman, don't they keep soup hot? Like, what is it? Damn, dude, you're funny. <laughs> you're crazy, man. Thank you. No, I, 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 I hear wanna, that a lot. I want to say, I do want to say, um, I still remember the first time I heard you do set, uh, we were doing a show uh, next to a railroad track. I don't even know if you remember. Tehachapi? It. Yes. They're all a blur, Yeah, no, like, I totally remember. We, we were at that sports bar, and the train would come through like every 20 minutes or so. So it was a toss-up if it was going to catch you or not. I got a good slot. There was no train during yeah, my you whole did. Everybody you else did. got trained. As soon as you came down, the host came up, and the train <laughs> came through. Uh, but you had like such personality. I immediately wrote your name down as somebody to watch. Thank you for having me on your show. You know, like real talk. Um, it was... Uh, it was a privilege then to see you perform. It's a privilege now. So seriously, thank you. Where can we find you on the socials, man? Can you give us your plugs? Yeah, um, everywhere you're looking for me on social, at Sam Ridley Comedy. That's on Instagram, Sam Ridley Entertainment on Facebook. But uh, Illegal Opinions Podcast, all one word. If you just type illegal in Spotify, we know, we tend to pop up. But uh, yeah, Illegal Opinions Podcast and at Sam Ridley Comedy on everything else. Sam Ridley, thank you so much, man. You're awesome. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And that is the end of our podcast. Like I said at the beginning, wow, I learned so much from Sam Ridley. You know, I book shows and I perform on them. And I put so much effort into promoting and putting the show together. Sometimes I forget to focus on material. Take Sam's advice. If you're going to be putting on your own shows, don't forget to focus on the material. Because that's A, number one. And B, annoying for the crowd. Just like, hey, man, we paid this much to see this guy. He sucks. Do not dress funny. I know it's hard to do. But let your words be your act and not your outfit. I was your host, Trent Babb. Please tune in next week to the next episode of Comedy Babb.